Good evening. Tonight we're starting conversation which we call dialogues about culture and education. To add a little humility to this, we'll call it dialogues in time of COVID. In our dialogues, we'll have our own Socrates, and that would be the role for Boris Hurgin. And I'll be responsible for the other side of the dialogues. So let's call me Plato for tonight. Thank you so much for uh, assigning such a noble role to me, Socrates. It's the first time in my life I'm playing this role, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I'm, thank you. I'm behind the camera. Well, and, hopefully you will show up in the camera. Yes, yes, sometime. yes. Maybe not today, but yeah, anyway. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to have a dialogue with you. So we'll be introducing to our uh, honorable audience new project, project of um, a Rosen-based non-profit organization called Bilingual Educational Cultural Perspectives, project called Long Island Institute for Math and Sciences. This is a very new initiative and we have very strong feelings that it's timely. In our hectic, chaotic world, it's important that people stay rational and science and math are the backbone of rationality and human thinking and human actions since certainly Greek times, probably even back to Egypt. Uh, Boris, of course, will be asking questions, very pointing, very inquisitive about the standing status and immediate future of our educational system. And I will try to respond from the point of view of this institute that would be bringing a new approach to learning, discovering, better to say, math and sciences for the new generation, for generation who are children today but will be adults tomorrow and will be responsible for building and maybe rebuilding the new world. And with that, and by the way, since we are bilingual, we'll be talking in two languages. Yes, by virtue of our common background, we are more fluent in Russian than English, but we'll try our best to express our thoughts in both, so audience would understand our American audience and our formerly Russian audience would understand what we're talking about. So Boris, please tell me what's on your mind at this oh, point. Uh, I have a lot of things on my mind, uh, but um, before we're going to start this episode one of our dialogues, uh, I would like to tell the audience that this is not the first time we discuss very interesting topics. Uh, and actually, our first discussion led to, to this one. Uh, the, these visuals 
the storytelling um, has been born uh, as a result of our discussion of very interesting topics uh, which briefly could be described what is a mathematics, what is science, what is the educational process, how people learn things, what is a neural network, and tons of, t and tons of other things. Uh, to me, uh, uh, frankly speaking, the learning process probably is one of the most important things in life, if not the purpose of life per se. Uh, and uh, what I am very curious about, because Anatoly's background as the theoretical phys in theoretical physics, in nuclear physics, uh, to me, who has nothing to do with science, is something, a sort of um, a, a magic, and pretty much lies on the boundary between science uh, as we know it, uh, so-called dry science, and philosophy. Philosophy as uh, we think of this branch of science, which was probably comprehensive uh, representation of point of scientific point of view since ancient Greeks, uh, Greece times, and uh, that's what my first question is: What is mathematics? Uh, what math is? How math is related to the material world? And maybe math is better than material world. Maybe it's more beautiful. <clears throat> well, mathematics come out, comes out of practical needs. Uh, people used to be very practical back 5,000 years ago. In ancient Egypt, in Greece, old Greece, so people were relating their knowledge, their desire to develop proficiency to practical tasks. Like Greeks created geometry because they needed to plan their lands, to divide their lands. The same goes to ancient Egypt. We know, we all know, how profound and beautiful was Egypt architecture and building and magical world of their practical lives and religion and cultural events. So in order to make those things happen regularly, build buildings consistently, measure lands thoroughly, um, create ships. Archimed law. Well, you couldn't do without it. <laughs> it would all require some kind of rational thinking. And Greek, being great philosopher, moved from philosophy to creating tools, precise tools, to implement knowledge in a quantitative form. So if we look at the um, sequence of events, first philosophy, then logic, and measuring, creating accounting systems, creating 
space designs. But in order to do it consistently, laws of mathematics in the form of Roman law, making them strict and very limiting. So creating proof uh, environment for the mathematics. But to make this story short, otherwise we will never finish our conversation, mathematics is a science of possible. While other sciences are sciences of real, of reality, mathematics can analyze things that don't, don't exist but could be imagined. All of it. Anything that could be imagined could be analyzed but by mathematics. Real sciences only deal with reality. That's interesting. Мы в прошлый раз говорили о теореме Гадала. Не является ли эта теорема какой-то точкой или линией вот разрыва? в бесконечных возможностях математики. Потому что, насколько я, непосвященный человек, понял, что хотел сказать Гадел в своей теореме, он, он сказал, что существуют такие системы, которые математика описать не в состоянии. Я прав или нет? Да. Или я должен подать в отставку как, как любитель? Да. Как, или как Сократ? Остав... Как Оставайтесь в Сократах. Да, да, да. Stay Socrates. We're talking about Gadel, uh, Gadel theorem. The, the thing of mathematics is that if it was imagined as complete and provable system, it would be possible to devise the entire world out of it. Um, what theorem says, mathematics cannot be proved if complete, or cannot be complete if proved, meaning that no mathematical system could be perfect in a way, which might reflect the fact of life, or better to say, if we're not, we're not talking about biological life, um, pro pro property of existence. Existence cannot be formalized. Right? Yesterday, I received very interesting um, reference to newest uh, scientific paper by uh, new Nobel laureate in astrophysics, which proves that there are uh, relict science and data in our current universe reflecting to the previous universe, universe that existed before ours, before Big Bang, which means obviously, or not obviously, but certainly, that our universe may be modeled, modeled by physics, by mathematics, but not entire thing like previous universe or any other universe that can exist could be formalized. So, Gödel proof, especially second theorem, tells us that mathematics is not perfect by nature, cannot be.
ESD theorems more on the philosophy side or it was a mathematical proof with formulas with it symbols was very strict proof so it was mathematical like yeah. traditional mathematical proof it belongs to the domain of mathematical logic mm -hmm. uh, very certain ways of proving it exist it's not a judgment it's a proof okay so yeah so it's not so it's not a logical and philosophical assumption uh, which which is nice and beautiful but it's a purely result of chunks and chains of mathematical yeah. proofs yeah. and uh, computations. In a way, you can say that mathematics proved its, uh, its own imperfection. Okay, all right. Interesting. Um, my next question, relationship between physics and mathematics. Physics is a science which describes correct me if I'm wrong, describes the reality, or at least try to describe the reality, in many reincarnations, not necessarily visible, not necessarily tangible, but reality. That's the purpose of physics, to explain the laws of nature, analyze, explains, and just and whatever. Mathematics, as you said, is different animal. So my question is, is it possible to be a physic, a, a, a scientist who explore physics without being a mathematician? That's, that's the thing which always was interesting to me when I was a kid because uh, I fell in love with, with physics. I couldn't say the same about mathematics. Mm. And I was very disappointed when I, disappointed when I realized that you cannot be successful in physics if you are a very mediocre mathematician. You need to have a tools and instruments. And, but it's not a question about, about success. It's a question about domains. The difference in mentality for scientists who dive into the physics and mathematician, are they somehow intersected or they're completely different? You are, uh, your, your, uh, actually, your background uh, is nuclear physics, yeah. correct? I understand that mathematics is a tool for you, but the way of thinking, the way of uh, logical uh, how logical conclusions co com comes to you, how do you, what, what is your agenda? It's not a mathematics, it's a different thing. <clears throat> yes. Uh, mathematician doesn't care about reality. Lucky. <laughs> Lucky yeah. there. Well, yes. yeah. Uh, physicist is a lot more practical because he is facing a challenge and need to prove, create, develop, like nuclear physics was charged uh, way back in mid-20th century with creation of nuclear weapon. And that was a grueling task. Um, so it, it was practical, but it required a lot, a lot of very sophisticated mathematics to create the very theory of chain reactions and the fission and the 
later fusion, and by the way, uh, famous and infamous Manhattan Project, uh, it created actually a lot more great mathematicians than physicists. Wow. If you call names like uh, John Neyman or Turing or Winner, they had very little to do with physics, but a lot. Entire computer universe was created back then. Winner is the father of kibernetics, right? Is yes, he? cybernetics, yeah. of course. Winner. And he was a mathematician, but it's, uh, as usual, uh, it's always a question of money. If not Manhattan Project with its budget, if not challenge of facing Germany, and Germans were very successful in developing nuclear weapons, uh, it might have never happened that those great people come to be known. Likewise, uh, entire renaissance uh, which was very short, by the way, short period of time, was created by uh, Italian aristocracy and church who requested a lot of, gave a lot of commissions to artists. So, a nuclear gave a lot of commission to scientists. Uh, his, funny historical fact, uh, when nuclear bomb was first successfully tested in the Soviet Union in 1949, same day, uh, base uh, salaries, compensations of Soviet scientists, all of them, not only physicists, mathematicians, chemists, whoever, was doubled the same day. And since then it took another probably 50 years for great empires to realize that, well, it doesn't help much if you just give them more money. They might not create anything new. That's true. And if you double not only money, but the number of scientists, it also doesn't help. No, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, my last question for today. I think that the closest scientific discipline to, to the questions which can be answered only by religion is theoretical physics. Uh, and uh, on the everyday personal level, I can hear that this way or another way, physicists, they cross they, they come across the fact that certain things could not be explained besides you have some uh, creative power or purpose uh, which created things or even the entire systems. As a scientist, what do you think about that? And probably this question uh, will will have another sub question. Any chance science will be able to answer the question why? Because the question why has never been an agenda for for science, at least at my knowledge. I never heard that any science can answer even philosophy, which is the mother of all science. There is no there is no there is no question even. 
not, not, not an attempt to pose this question why, because science objective is not to answer the question why. But any chance in the future, science will be, or scientific methodology, will be able to spread its research, researchers' interests, and maybe curiosity to answer the question why. Why does the thing exist? Not how does it exist, not how does it work, and what's the rules and laws and uh, uh, interaction between part of the system, but why? It's interesting to, to hear your opinion. Well, science was always fascinated with the matter of God. And scientists tried to prove existence of God in scientific method since medieval times. One of those notables was Benedict Spinoza, who, uh, among other very successful uh, scientific and philosophical uh, books, wrote uh, proof of divinity in geometric order. Uh, Isaac Newton thought that his most important book was about proof of existence of God. Um, and still, up to these days, uh, scientists try to analyze whether there is any divinity in science. Uh, naturally, theoretical physicists are best positions for physicians positioned for that uh, because they deal with realities, physics, but they deal with the reality of such a significant magnitude in time, space, energy, and other stuff that really put them close to God. Einstein, uh, who was philosopher and great theoretical physicist, but whose discoveries were significantly mathematical, uh, found easy answer. He said that God is nature. Well, it doesn't help much. We all know that. Yes, you don't have to be Einstein. <laughs> yes. But lately, so he was cheating with his answer. Yes. Yes. Uh, lately, it became more pressing question, and uh, scientists uh, try to find precise tools to prove whether there is God, a divinity in our life. And now, uh, it is very uh, complicated matter because, first of all. We know there was a Big Bang. Before Big Bang, nothing existed. No space, no time. But now you said that there is an evidence that... Well, yeah, that, yeah. that's the thing. There is an evidence that something certainly was before. And it's in, I'm sorry for interrupting. And it's interesting because if you will take a look at the... Uh, at the... Indian philosophy and religious point of view. What they say, and there is a famous book which, which has a lot of, a, a lot, a lot of uh, not speculations, but I would say a lot of discussions about that, called Vasishta Yoga. What they say, they say that each era, each period of time brings its own gods. Yeah. So it's interesting because they do not reject traditional religions, but what they say that we know them. But before them, 
there was some other set of gods and some you know it, it it's uh, we're not talking about religion we don't want to harm anyone anyone's religion point of view but it's very interesting because that evidence of existence of uh, the universe which was before big bang kind of plays very well in harmony with that with that religious point of view with that religious mm -hmm. idea which comes purely from the from from, from the uh, from the mind it's nothing else of course yeah. those are um those are uh, speculations, or if you will, uh, contemplations of different scale. Uh, let's say we know for almost a uh, fact that Earth exists about 5 billion years. Our known universe is likely uh, 40 billion years old. Uh, humanity as we know it, about 30,000 years old. Comparing to 5 billion years, there was distinct possibility that other preceding uh, humanities existed, civilization existed. For some reason they died out or been killed by a catastrophe. Anyway, we still remember Plato's uh, book about Atlantis. It all brings a lot of complexity in our considerations. What is um, uh, antique gods? Maybe the just previous generation, previous civilizations, um, and all that is possible. When we talk about preceding universe, it's bigger thing. Yes, of course. Uh, Indians didn't know about Big Bang. They cannot even imagine that because they had very limited concept of. Uh, space and time that came with Einstein, relativity of space and time. <clears throat> but you're absolutely right. Uh, cycles of that nature come in and out. It's an echo. I would say it's an, it's an echo because I believe people, people were always interested in, in these topics and just being able to analyze, they analyze possibilities. And it's interesting because it's echoed with facts. Exactly. So our, brain, our brain is, is a big puzzle. That the illustrated yes. another way. Matter of preceding civilizations is a subject for historians and possibly philosophers. Uh, subject of previous universes is entirely the domain of physicists. Even more so, theoretical physicists, because experiment can say very little about it. <laughs> yeah. But coming back to my question. Yeah. Uh, modern physicists, modern theoretical physicists, uh, if you will think about parties, uh, let's say, let's to simplify things, uh, imagine we have, we have two parties of physicists. One party believes that there is no God, it's a purely laws of nature, and nature is a God. Another party believes that, no, there is something which uh, traditionally can be, can be called God, uh, and of course, it's not the same as uh, holy book or holy books uh, tell us from from scientific perspective. It's something different, but it does exist. Like super power, super brain, super consciousness, super whatever. Uh, so these two parties. What do you think? What is the mo modern state of of the science? What prevails? 
based based on the current uh, state of, of the science, based on the current knowledge. What? Where where is the ballot? How do we vote? <coughs> It is more or less established among physicists that if God didn't want us to know whether he exists or not, and from uh, ethical point of view, he probably doesn't want us to know, uh, he'd be quite capable of hiding all physical facts of his existence. So um, discovering experimentally existence of God is probably not possible. But uh, it is likely possible through very distinct, very far going uh, theoretical analysis. Likewise, we just spoke about imperfection of mathematics. So there needs to be something higher than mathematics to really provide. Likewise, with existence, with physical world, there needs to be something higher than uh, strict and boring rules of physics that give us existence. What's new in this story, uh, and evolving very quickly, very recently, is artificial intelligence because, and we don't know yet, if it did, evolving uh, artificial intelligence can discover a structure of human knowledge. It very well might go beyond human knowledge. If so, it can discover uh, those structures of science and math that go beyond. And probably this is something which we will discuss in our next episode because it's a topic which deserve very, I would say, extended and detailed consideration. Well, Boris, uh, indeed, but you killed my pitch Did about I? Long Island Institute for Math and Science. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, do you have a good rope and piece of soap so I can hang myself? <laughs> <laughs>